Today's episode is brought to you by PMCS AC and Heating Company. PMCS is a locally owned and operated HVAC company servicing the greater Houston and surrounding areas. PMCS officially established an LLC in 2017 and has already tripled revenue and customer base in a short time frame. They specialize in commercial, new builds, and multi-dwelling and residential HVAC services, including but not limited to air quality system installations, routine and preventive maintenance, duct work, and bringing AC or heating systems up to code for inspections. You can find PMCS at www.pmcsacandheating.com. Welcome to You Talk Too Much, the show where we talk about the things that people say you should not talk about in life, relationships, and business. I'm Brianne Stevens, and today we're talking about choosing peace, even when life chooses violence. And if you're a believer, choosing God, even when you feel as though he's nowhere in sight. This week, I have a very special guest, my friend and future award-winning producer, Victoria, who I've been knowing for 10 years now, so this is super special to me. When I was in high school, I thought older people was making a whole, it's a blessing if you have at least one loyal friend. They were making that whole thing up. I thought they were crazy. I was like, why is everybody just so bitter with no friends? But as a 29-year-old woman, I completely understand, number one, that no one was bitter. Number two, how rare it is to have a few loyal friends, especially one that you've known for over 10 years. Like past episodes, Victoria is going to be joining us closer to the end, so listen to the end. I think if we can all agree on anything, we can agree that life is hard. The crazy thing is some people make you believe that life doesn't get hard until you have to pay bills, have kids, a husband, a family, or a job. But life gets hard before that. I went through a lot in elementary school, middle school, high school, and in college. Especially if you grew up with a black family, so you're stuck dealing with trauma and insecurities that you can't talk about because the people around you have made you feel as though their problems are bigger or that you aren't old enough to even go through nothing. Some people will still miss that message. So let's just go ahead and get into episode six. In the earlier episodes, I share how I owned a company, Foundation First, and that I work for myself living in my dream home. I also share how I've gone through a lot so you can conclude that this does not happen overnight. I'm usually really transparent about my upbringing because I want to be relatable. I want people to know that I'm a black girl who did not grow up with money and I was able to make something of myself, so you can too. We launched Foundation First in 2018, which was so fulfilling and a tough year for me. I was living at home with my parents. I didn't have a car, barely had money, and even the people close to me laughed about my situation. So on top of everything I was going through, I even started to feel a little insecure about my story which honestly lasted for all the two seconds because that story got me in Forbes. And y'all know that American X Top Model meme where the black girl's like fake crying and then she remember who she is and she just like walks in her confidence. Yeah, that was me. The same year, my dad surprised me with a new car, my mom surprised me with a new phone, and I had the opportunity to serve at an apartment community with Clark through hosting events and sharing the gospel and getting paid in rent. So I moved into a mid-rise apartment January 2019. God completely showed up and showed out. But how many of y'all know that sometimes when you get what you want, it's going to come with some challenges? I think by the third month, we could barely pay our bills. We were still working for ourselves, and every dime we made went to a bill. By September 2019, we were seriously considered going back into schools. I was going to be a substitute, and Clark was thinking about getting her teacher certification. At that time, I kept hearing God say, 
lower your prices, which didn't make sense to either one of us, especially Clark. She was like, I need money, and you want me to ask for less? Absolutely not. So I just left it alone. But about a month later, I could hear God say, lowering your prices is for your clients. I need you to reach people who were once like you, at home with their parents, and they just had a dream with not much money. He also said, test me in this, and I'm going to turn up for y'all. So it was like twofold. Like, it was for the clients, and it was also for us. So I ran in by Clark again, November or December, and she said, let's do it. We lowered our prices, and our clientele tripled. By April 2020, we're making 10000 a month. We moved into our dream home by August 2020. Like, even though I explained that and said, like, we were broke, there were so many tough times. There were times where we just looked at each other at the computer and we cried. There were times when we didn't know what we were going to eat. There were times when we were eating McDonald's. There were moments when we were just like, dang, like, was everybody right about us? Like, is this not what we should be doing? Like, there was so much going on in that time, like, I would be depressed. She would be depressed. She wanted to give up. I wanted to give up. It was so such a confusing season for us because, again, God had blessed me so much going into it. Like, I got my dream car that Christmas, so December. So, like, a jump to January, I'm thinking, like, okay, God is coming through for me. He's showing up for me. Like, this is going to be my year. So just imagine how I felt when I finally have my dream job working for myself I am living in a place where I'm getting paid in rent to host events and spread the gospel. So doing what I love to do, I'm like, there's so much positive coming from this experience. Why now? Like, why am I not able to pay my bills now? Why, why do I feel like my, the water is up to my neck now? It didn't make sense to me. We literally wanted to quit and give up, but God kept us going strong. I didn't understand how he blessed me so much going into 2019 just for it to be our year. And most people would give up, not just in their career, but on God, because we made up in our mind that he's a genie, which is the furthest from the truth. God allows us to make choices. I made a lot of bad choices that landed me in a lot of places. The great thing about God is that he can turn what the enemy meant for bad for our good. Not only do I believe that season taught me a lot, but I also know it serves as a purpose in someone else's story, which is why I'm sharing it today. Okay, so now I'm so excited to bring in Victoria, and I wanted her to join me because she has a story of healing and triumph that I think is just so beautiful. Hello, Victoria. Hey, friend. How are you feeling today? I'm so excited to be here. Very I know, happy. same, same. You look good. Thank you, you too. So like I shared earlier, I've been knowing you since high school, and during high school, I know that you were dealing with a lot of things, a lot mm. of things that you had to go through on your own, and I don't want to share your story for you. I want you mm. to share that you know, for yourself. So I wanted you to share what situation did you face in high school? Um, so I did face teen pregnancy in high school. And just a little bit of background about me. I am a preacher's kid. I was 17 at the time. And I yeah. did not tell anybody that I was pregnant because I was just that scared. But you were 17? I thought we were, 16. were we seniors 16. or juniors? We were <laughs> what were we? We were unless you you so you no we must, were seniors yeah so you must have we been like seniors. you know some people are like younger mm -hmm. and like and seniors I was and one you, of them yeah you yeah. you were one of them <laughs> I was one of them people would be like not, you skipped the grade birthday, right people used to ask me if I skipped the grade my birthday was in August so yeah oh, okay so you made I the, barely made the cut yeah okay okay. But so, yeah, yeah. Um, faced teen pregnancy, um, was 16 when I got pregnant, 17 when I had my baby. I did not tell anybody except for Bree mm -hmm. and the couple friends that we had yeah. that I was even pregnant. So my parents did not know, um, none of my family knew, 
I didn't even tell her dad until literally till y'all knew. Mm-hmm. But um, I had known for a while, but yeah. Wait, fun. so how did you find out you were pregnant? Did you like did your just, body just change? My body changed, uh-huh. and um, I knew in my mind, like as a female, wasn't all the way a woman, but as a young woman, I knew that my body was changing, things, you know, weren't normal yeah. monthly. Um, but I took a pregnancy test anyway. I just, I guess just just yeah. for kicks. <laughs> but I took it anyway. Um, and, yeah, that's how I found out that I was pregnant. I never, never went to the doctor, never had a doctor's appointment, yeah. never took a pill. Yeah. That dangerous as hell. Never yeah. took, like, anything. Never went, got an ultrasound, literally until she was already eight months. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure you were in shock. Mm-hmm. I probably would have went into like complete shock. So, what was it like before and then after you told people? Before I told people, I'd say um, that probably was the the one of the darkest parts of my young life. What before or after? Before, mm-hmm. um, because and I always get like I have um, reservations sometimes on telling the story just because of how it happens but Mm -hmm. my dad was has been a preacher now in february it'll be 31 years oh wow very long time he was preaching yes he has been preaching um before that um but you grow when you grow and you become a parent yeah you don't realize that your parents are still human yeah until you become a parent yeah Ooh. so that's what my mom used to tell me yeah she would always say like one day we will be best friends or one thing she would always say is like this is my first time ever being this age with a daughter your age like mm-hmm. i've never gone through this before it's my first time so mm-hmm. i'm gonna make mistakes when she said that it had to it literally shifted the way I saw her. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like she went through life before and she just got a manual. Like, she right. figured it out, too. Uh, yeah, this yeah. is just happening for me, too. Yeah. So, but I said that to say, uh, my dad used to have really, really strong feelings about women who not only had children young, but children, I mean, women who had children out of wedlock, who yeah. weren't married yet, um, so on and so forth. So, he used to have very strong negative feelings about that um i know he used to get a lot of um criticism about being so angry and dogmatic and Mm -hmm. um stuff like that but i do remember that when i finally came to terms with the fact that like okay i need to tell somebody yeah because i was having contractions literally it was eight months and i felt my yeah i felt my first contraction sitting in my mom's house in sugarland texas and I was all by myself. My stepbrother was upstairs, so I couldn't tell him what the hell he mm-hmm. gonna do. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I called. The first person I called was my mom, yeah. and she didn't answer the phone. So I'm like, all right, it's just. And did she know you were pregnant me. yet? No, no she didn't know yet either. So I'm like, all right, it's just not meant for me to tell her. So then I'm like, I cannot call my dad. Yeah. Like I cannot call my daddy. I start calling like everybody around. I called my god sister. I called somebody. Everybody else. but him. Everybody <laughs> but him. <laughs> And um, nobody answered. Nobody would answer me. And now that I look back on it, it was nobody but God that yeah. nobody else answered. Because it was, my dad will also say now, like, I think that was more for me than yeah. it was for you. Sometimes mm. your karma comes back on you yeah. before your kids. Yeah. Ooh. So he was, um, he didn't, an- no, nobody else answered. And I'm like, I have to break yeah. down and call my dad. Yeah. Because at, at this, this point, point <laughs> I yeah. need to go to the hospital. Yeah. 
So I called my dad and it really, like I said, had to have been nobody but God because when he answered the phone, it's like he immediately knew something was wrong with me. Really? Yeah. That was nobody but God. Yeah. But I mean, he's your dad, you yeah, know? Yeah, so I, he knows. Yeah. So when he when they answered, I said, hey, daddy. He said, hey, what's the matter? <laughs> immediately. <laughs> immediately I said... I got something to tell you, but you're going to be so disappointed in me. Yeah. And immediately he was like, oh, Victoria. Yeah. Because he knew. And then I just said it for him. I'm like, I'm pregnant. He's like, I'm on my way. He didn't lecture me or nothing. He's like, I'm on my way. So he came to my mom's house and we talked it out. And ironically enough, my mom gave the reaction that I thought my dad dad would give. Um, But yeah, I, I would say... From that point on, I think it humbled my yeah. father. Mm-hmm. I think it because um, they think like they think sometimes, oh, that could be somebody else's child. Yeah, you never think it's own. gonna be you. you. Have to have and the whole time was interesting. I had a friend who was pregnant at the same time as me. Oh wow! And a lot of my friends didn't from from the church who I grew up with didn't really have a strong father figure. Mm-hmm. So my dad was that for them. They were always mm-hmm. at the house. They was yeah. always, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so I remember that friend coming to me. She didn't know I was pregnant. Yeah. But I remember her coming to me like I didn't tell everybody, girl, but I'm so scared to tell your, your daddy. daddy. <laughs> Everybody's scared to tell you. Yeah, she like I'm so scared to tell your daddy and just Seeing how upset and disappointed he, he was, was in my friend, yeah. I'm like, oh, I can't never yeah. tell this nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, um, but deeper Just than have that, to move and get a whole new life. Yeah, right? deeper than that, I um, that was something that really drove me to the point of potential suicide. Oh, wow. When he was so upset with her and she was just like, you girl, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I yeah. saw how her. hard yeah. things were about to get for her. Oof. And I'm just like, this can't be me. Yeah. And so on a deeper level, the reason why I never even had plans on telling my parents is because I didn't have plans on living that long anyway. Yeah. Oh, wow. You've never shared that. I know. I've never told Brianna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's... Um, so I would go to school every day. Nobody even knew. Like, I would, for lunch, like, everybody would be like, oh, where you going? You going to Whataburger? I would be on East Side at yeah. Eastside Park in the car. No, I remember. Crying. I think I told I think I told Clark this story. Like it would be moments where I'll be in class, but you would be on your lunch. He'd be like, "You want to go? Mm-hmm. Like go get something to eat?" And I would be broke, so I, I would probably be like, "I have no money." You I'd remember? be like, "I got it, girl." Yeah, it's like you <laughs> yeah. would literally like pay for me just so we can get away from school and just like everything because school's kind of messy. Mm-hmm. And I think like it's just like not having that peace. And so I think you just want to get away. And yeah. I was just like, I ain't want to be in class. Right. So for me, it was like. Let's go. Two different dynamics, but Brian <laughs> never even knew that like you really were like that for me. Like yeah. everybody just needs somebody to yeah. just cope with, yeah. just be with. It's not even like you even knew everything mm-hmm. that was going on. It's like you said, that's your first time even yeah. hearing that. But yeah, because like, in my head, I thought it was just more so like drama at school, like mm-hmm. people being in your business, people like saying that. So I thought you just wanted to get away from that. I didn't even know. Yeah. No, like you I was dealing with home. all that stuff back at home. I would go home and like be sad about being home. And be just like in a dark room crying because nobody knew I was pregnant. Nobody, you know, my emotions are all over the place. I'm 16. I don't really know why am I even sad right now. Yeah, I don't know why I'm starving. Yeah, and that's nothing that you cannot think about. Yeah, like even when you say just don't think about it, it's like Mm -hmm. you have to think about it because it's happening to to your body. And so, like, so how did you and your dad relationship change? 
because uh, you said when you told him, you didn't, you, you, he surprised you with his reaction. Like, mm-hmm. he actually came, he got you, he asked questions, he just pulled up. Yeah. So, like, what happened after that? Did you guys have a conversation and just grow, like, right after? Or did it take some time to, like, we work through that? never had a conversation because my dad, ironically, who is a man of very many intelligent words, he's yeah. a great orator, he's an amazing preacher, amazing pastor, but... When it comes to intimate love, like Mm -hmm. father-daughter love, Mm -hmm. I don't think he was ever able to verbally express that until I had my baby. Mm -hmm. Because when he saw Noelle for the first time, he was so amazed. Like, he didn't even want to hold her. He didn't want to touch her. He was just like, oh, my God, Victoria. Like, I can't believe you did this yeah. but um like in a bad way or a good no way? no in a good, good way. way like yeah. i can't believe you made this thing this yeah. person mm-hmm. and i remember uh, my friends from church we have on new year's eve we have watch night service black yeah. churches have white night white night <laughs> no we don't <laughs> we don't have white <laughs> black, black churches have watch watch night service and um it's like a, basically just a church service going into the new year yeah and um, I did not make that service because Noel was born on December 28th. Oh, so wow, I was right. not able to yeah. make that service. But I remember my friends calling me. I had like 10 missed calls mm-hmm. from 10 separate people. They was like, girl, your daddy just got through crying in the pulpit. Really? Yes. And I was like, crying? What yeah. you mean? He said, was like, girl, it was so sad. But the whole church cried with him because oh. we love him. He, they was like, he really just went in the pulpit and apologized. He was like... I did not know that me being in this pulpit, saying all these things, having all these harsh feelings about women with children and women who are yeah. not married, I did not know that it was scaring the hell out of my daughter yeah. who was already pregnant up under me. Yeah. And this has been an humbling experience, wow. so humbling that he literally cried in front of his whole congregation, yeah. like, please forgive me. Yeah, wow. So that was, like, really, really big. Yeah, that was probably what needed to happen. Like you said, yeah. it was more... So for him, and not even just for him, for you, and then other girls mm-hmm. who probably needed to hear that from a man who right. does have such a strong faith. Because mm-hmm. I think, like, growing up in the church, people with strong faith, they're really strong about how they feel about certain things. Like, this is my side of yes, this is my side of and no. Yeah, and I think that sometimes they forget to extend grace. Like, you mm-hmm. can create boundaries. Like, there are certain things I just won't do. But if I see someone else doing them, I'm not going to damn them to hell for it, you know? <laughs> yeah. You just show grace, and you just kind of yeah. work with people as they work through their stuff. Because I understand I went through stuff. I'm mm-hmm. not perfect. And it takes, like, what kind of grace did I need? How can I extend that to this person? Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's kind of cool that after that happened, your dad saw the kind of grace he should have extended to you, and, like, he actually, like, kind of changed stuff. Yeah, it changed so, him for sure. So, yeah, so I want to know, so do you ever feel like God wasn't on your side during that time? Because I feel like a lot of times when we love God, we don't like to say, like, I don't feel like he yeah. was like, why did I go through this? Why did you oh, take no, me no. through this? Oh, no, no, I've had, girl... It's a good thing God know me. Like, it's yeah. a good thing he know my heart because there have been so many times where I just be like, why would you do that? Yeah. Like, but I think the only time I ever really felt like the absence of God was in college. Mm. I had I went through a very hard time in college. But as far as me being pregnant in high school, I've always had a very strong understanding on the fact that God gives you free will. Yeah. So I've always had a very strong understanding on like decisions yeah. and consequences. Yeah. And but yeah, I I've yeah, there's been times where I've been like, God, why would you do that? Or like you or like he ain't even here, or like mm. 
you know, just been done with God completely. Yeah. And yeah, there's definitely been time. That's why I say it's, I'm glad he knows me. Yeah, yeah. And so you mentioned college because I know a lot of girls, um, whether it was when I was younger or even girls now who when they go through something like that, they'll stop everything they had planned for them like even like people in their 50s or 60s saying I wish I would have done this or even like mm -hmm. my mom I always asked her why didn't she go after her dream she said because I had you and I had to watch you go after your dreams so I love that you still went to school and you're still like in your field you're still doing what you love to do so just for people out there like what motivated you to just keep going and keep following your dreams like did you have somebody in your corner saying no you should still do this or was it your own like passion for it I would say um, it really, I did just have a, a passion. I always knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. Let me just say, with that, college is not for everybody. Yeah. I think that yeah, I, college I was finish. something so engraved in my parents' mind yeah. that they were just like, we cannot let her not go to school because Got she had a baby. It. Yeah. So I fortunately had um, a support system that was like, we will take care of this while you go do mm -hmm. what you need to do. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, but for, you know, sometimes women don't have that. Yeah. More oftentimes than not, there's women who do not have that support system. So I would just say that it really was something in me. And I'm glad you asked me that. But it was because it's something in me that knew what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Initially, when I went to school, my parents made me and your parents have your life set out for you. They do. <laughs> for whatever reason. For whatever reason. But it's really just because they want you to be great. My dad didn't graduate college. Yeah, I didn't. And nobody, either. yeah, nobody, <laughs> nobody would really know that. But yeah. like, he didn't graduate college, so they just want what for you what they didn't have. Yeah, right. Mm, so good point. He um, was real big on that, and he's like, you, "You, you're such a great speaker. I've always wanted to be an actress. Yeah. So I really wanted to go. Oh, to I school. can see that. I could <laughs> definitely see actress. Yes, oh, I really wanted to go to school for theater. Mm -hmm. But my dad was like, "It ain't no money in that. Mm -hmm. You got to try to do something that's gonna." You know, I think you should still. Dibble, like dabble Girl, still in that. dabble so but he was like you need to go to school for mass communications because you speak well mm -hmm. all right dad mm -hmm. i'm gonna go because y'all paying for it yeah <laughs> taking care of my kid i'm gonna go major in mass comm i was so miserable in really? mass comm i never made my assignments on time anything i did turn in on time it was too detailed or mm -hmm. too much and it i was just miserable like mm -hmm. nothing i was taking all these electives that have nothing to do with what i really mm -hmm. want to do yeah. i don't even know if mass commas do i want to be a news reporter yeah do i care about the weather like stuff no like that. <laughs> right i don't care about none of this so i took a whole year off after a very hard depressive episode and came back and did film and yeah. now i'm graduated working in my field but recently my mom said to me, just out of the blue, she's like, Victoria, I'm so proud of you. Uh -huh. I'm like, oh, thank you. She's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm proud that you stuck with it. Yeah. I'm proud that you're actually working in your field. She's like, I'm so sorry me and your dad pressured you to do something else. She's yeah. like, we just didn't see it. She's like, you really stuck with your vision. Like, you really yeah. had a vision in your head, yeah. and you really stuck with it, and you really going with it. And it's just, I'm so proud to see you really doing yeah. that. I'm and for me, thank you, friend. I'm proud of you. But <laughs> you. for me, it was just confirmation. Like, I had really been praying for that. Like, mm -hmm. I hope my parents are proud of me. Because yeah. I felt like when I was pregnant, I'm like, this is over. Like, my yeah. parents are never going to care about me. They're yeah. never going to be happy about me yeah. again. Like, I'm just their biggest disappointment. I'm their only child. Yeah. So I'm like, I was going to ask that. Are you, I was going to say, are you yeah. the oldest? No, I'm an only child. I have two stepbrothers, but I didn't mm -hmm. get them till I was like nine or ten. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm an only child. And I just felt like, you know, their biggest 
disappointment. So I was mm-hmm. like, I just hope my parents can be proud of me again. And just hearing that is like, yeah. sometimes God, you know, the old people say he may not come when you want, want him, it. but he be there right on time. <laughs> yeah. So it was just confirmation. Like I prayed for that years ago. Yeah. Noel's 11 now. So yeah. I prayed that prayer like 10 years ago. Yeah. And Ooh. just to get that confirmation now, it's just like, I have it's a message. In that. I, yeah. I didn't even know that that was a weight that I needed lifted off my yeah. shoulders. Yeah. Same. I remember when I first told my family what I wanted to do, like a few people, they were all like, no, like, no, Mm -hmm. not necessarily don't do it, but you should do this first. Kind of like your parents, you should do it this way, Mm -hmm. not, not to do it. And I think that what I love about our generation is that we're going after what we want outside of what other people think we should do, because I think that's where the freedom is. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, I feel like if you don't have freedom in your life, you're going to feel like you're in the box. You're Mm going to feel like you're stuck. Kind of like what you said, like it took you actually taking a year off, figuring it out and then coming back Mm -hmm. because you knew, okay, this time I'm going to do what I want to do. And that's what you stuck with. Mm -hmm. So what would you say you are like mentally, emotionally, spiritually now? Open open I am mentally open Mm -hmm. spiritually open like I feel so and I say open because I just choose to a lot of times you know on social media people will say like oh you only see the good parts of people and I'm sure what's the bad going Mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. you don't owe bad parts to people Mm -hmm. you don't owe good parts to people Mm -hmm. but I know that for me and myself Mm -hmm. I feel better if I'm because I'm so lively and because I have such a extroverted introvert type Mm -hmm, energy mm -hmm. um it's it's good for me to be open about my mental health like even just recently I went through a time where I needed some time to myself like and people you know oftentimes will go to my Instagram like oh you know I love coming to your page because it uplifts me or like I needed a laugh for the day like girl I'll be doing that for me yeah I'll be needing a laugh for the day so I'll you know say something silly to like make myself laugh and like Post it and go right back to being like. No, you're uh, literally one of the, the best people I follow. Y'all need you. to follow her. She's one of the best people to follow. Okay, so before we close, is there anything that you want to leave people with, like some words of encouragement or just advice for people who may be going through a tough time in life and just like words of hope? Uh, my words of encouragement would be something very simple, very cliche, but I am pretty country and simple. Mm-hmm. So my <clears throat> word of advice would be keep going. Yeah. I mean, there have literally been days where I have been on the bathroom floor, mm-hmm. fetal position, crying like, yeah. God, take me out. Yeah. I can't do this no more. Yeah. But if God gives you another day, mm-hmm. if he grants you another day, you yeah. have to at least try. Yeah. You have to meet him halfway. Yeah. And I think sometimes, I love that, I think sometimes people, they don't keep going because something my mom said is because we look at the whole staircase, so we think, like, life is all of this, or this is just so hard, or this is everything I have to do. And she said, sometimes just take the first step. Mm-hmm. So I love that you said, just keep going. It's just that simple. Yeah. I think because we, we magnify everything in our mind. Yeah. Because like I have to do this now and that now and that now. And yeah. if I don't have it done now, then I just can't. Yeah, because I've had these conversations with God, too. Like, okay, God, if you brought me into this world, like, why are things hard? Like, at mm-hmm. that point, just take me out. Like, yeah. I've had those talks, too. Like, at that point, I don't want to go through all this. Mm-hmm. Like, if I could just be chilling, like, you know. But then it's like, but there's purpose, you know, mm-hmm. in life. Like, there's purpose in us being alive and us yeah. being here. So thank you so, 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 so much for joining me today and being vocal about your story and being so raw and honest and even sharing stuff with me that I didn't know. Yeah. So please let everybody know where they can find you. Okay, you can find me on Instagram at the Real Notorious B-I-C. 
And Twitter. I think my Twitter is like four V's and then an underscore. Vic, yeah, four V's, I see, and an underscore. <laughs> okay, and make sure you follow her. This girl always has something good to say. Her content is really good quality. And then on top of that, she's just a breath of fresh air. I want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode discussing choosing peace even when life choose, chooses violence. And if you're a believer, again, choosing God, even when you feel as though he's nowhere in sight. In the next episode, we're going to talk about how sometimes your breakthrough will require you to humble yourself or life will just humble you. I'll be dropping a new episode every Tuesday at 7 a.m. CST. See you next week.